Welcome back to Last Week Chopped Up. I'm here with my boy Jeremy, and uh, we're about to chop it up a little later than usual because, Jeremy, you were dragging a little bit this morning. Tell me about your morning in the epic summer that is uh, we're two weeks into the epic vaccine summer. Tell me about how that's going out there. Yeah, man. You know, hey, we all have those wake up in the morning yep. and sometimes you're like, oh, I'm not jumping out of bed today. So I, yeah. had, a, I had a not jumping out of bed day, but you yeah. know, we still still got to bring the people what they want to hear um, out here, man. It is, you know, it has started. I believe the term everyone is using is hot vac summer. Hot, hot vac, vac summer has begun. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I did a new. Well, I guess it's a first me semi first. So went out to a bar in uh, San Francisco and then it just like everyone switched over. And we you walk through the through the threshold over the threshold. Yeah. It's like, all right. We don't care about mass. We don't care about distance. We actually go talk to random folks we all know in here and get to know one another. I was like, oh, wow. hey, wow. We'll just, I was, you know, they were a friend and um, yeah. heard, heard some girls behind us. I'm like, what, what are y'all whispering about over there? They were whispering about if one girl should go try to pull the DJ. I'm like, well, yeah, why not? What, do we, what, what is the debate? Go get it, girl. Yeah. Oh, I think he's too young. Okay, wait, wait. How old are you, Missy? I'm 28. All right. How old do you think this guy is? I think he's 21. Okay. What age would he need to be for you to be okay with this? Okay. If Interesting was, debate. Interesting debate. Was, yeah. 22. I was like, girl, if you don't go shoot that shot, what are we talking about here? One year, get, get in there. So, <laughs> I don't know. But well, let's face it here. 21 is like the minimum age the dude could have been, right? Like, so you were basically going to say yes to anything at this stage. Oh. That's, that's, that's all, all I'm hearing is you were just like, well, well like, you, you know, go. Just yeah, do your thing. Like, girl, do you. So, either way, her friend went up, gets the guy's number, yada, yada, yada. Next thing I know, we're all buying shots for each other, taking them back, getting to hang out. The other friend gets totally messed up bro hey great to see your hugs blah 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 blah. and i'm like oh all right this is like just a normal bar night out we're coming back summer oh uh. so uh, all right so ready man so yeah just a little bit of that you know might be a new little segment jeremy's uh, hot vac summer updates of what's good in these streets but if you're, yeah, if man, you're out in a, la yeah, find it, him it's a find good time <laughs> just for things to feel like you know they did two years ago you know <laughs> I mean, like you said, I, I, it, it does seem foreign to me to, to, I have, you know, talk to people like even right now, like we had our dogs that are come over and it's like, oh, we just keep the distance, like, you know, two meters in the house or whatever. That's normal. And because we're not vaccinated out here yet. So once we get vaccinated, I don't know, I, I guess like you, it seems that somehow you've adjusted very quickly and you are back in the streets and it's good to see you. And it's great to see you happy out there. Uh, but you know, going out on a weeknight because we have the time, nine hour time difference. We got to record it like 8am. And so we don't record, we missed the window. So now we're in the, we're in the lunch window because like it's tough on you or it's tough on me. Like it's really difficult to record a podcast across uh, nine hours. So yeah, I appreciate you uh, putting it together for the for the lunch record right but you let's the, jump into yeah what, what you got, what you got? The, the, the choppers out there that is my made-up name for people who uh who listen up to uh, last week the choppers. You know, choppers the choppers we'll see how it goes uh, yeah the yeah, choppers the don't choppers. know our dedication we do what it takes yeah. to get this pod yeah. to you that's right that's right we got we have to work with bandwidth issues we got to work with multiple recording technologies and one day we'll do it from the same room and it'll all be so easy but no the, the choppers the choppers do not know the dedication and to get one out on every thursday it, it does take it does take some dedication so uh but we uh we it, it was a bigger news week than it was last week we had uh, planes being taken out of the sky we had a lot mm -hmm. of stuff but let's 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 start it on a lighter note you know we both played baseball you played 
baseball more than I did. Mm -hmm. And there was a controversy last week where a player named Yerman Mercedes was in a game where it was 15 to 4. His team's up 15 to 4. And they, the opponent pulls in a position player. And uh, it's a 3-0 count. And the position player throws a 47-mile-per-hour fastball, which if you're not a baseball fan, that's genuinely little league pace. And there's this tradition, unwritten rule in baseball that on a 3-0 count, you always let it go. And Yerman just says, yak, and hits it 430 feet out the park. His manager, who basically said he's the worst person in the world for doing this, the next time up, the team throws at him, and LaRusso says, oh, that's fine. Where do you come down on this unwritten rules of baseball stuff? Yeah, man. So I think uh, it, it, unwritten, like baseball is weird, right? All these unwritten rules. I'm going to, if you cross one, I'm going to take this ball, throw it maybe 98 miles an hour behind your head just to let you know I'm here. You yeah. know, if yeah. and if you're being a nice guy about unwritten rules, you're like, ah, I'm just going to hit you in the butt with it or so. Yeah. You know, like that's the generally accepted practice of you can hit me in the butt. We all shake heads and say, OK, yeah, whatever. Um, I think as baseball is trying to evolve and mm -hmm. have a future, right, because baseball, I believe on a national level, viewership's declining because, you know, it's slow and, you know, it's it's hard to say, hey, sit down here and watch this three and a half hour game uh, when you got other options. One, just if you're not get people on TikTok or not watch basketball or other things. But for me, I think all this unwritten stuff got to go because now yeah, we got these younger players, a lot from like the Dominican and taking over just other nationalities where they don't have these same unwritten rules like bat flipping, right? Bat flipping wasn't yeah. a thing. You would have beef if you hit a home run, flipped your bat, like, hey, look at me. Now, that is celebrate. You hit a home run, you pop your own collar, you're like, yo, I'm out here. Yeah. And yeah. everyone loves yeah. it. Like, it's great. Yeah. So, right? yeah. so I think it's got to get more and more to the, hey, it's a 3-0 pitch. We're pros. I don't know. Uh, I'm a swing. Like, yeah. like I get exactly. I get paid to hit the ball and yeah. I I'm I'm batting. So I think it's kind of crazy. I believe CC Sabathia on his podcast yes. kind of yes. went off. I didn't fully listen to it, but I think the takeaway was like then call a forfeit, call the game yeah, if I'm supposed to stop rule. playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so it's one of those, you know, time and place and time and place these rules got to go away just like uh, Tony LaRusa. Like, hey, you're great at a time, one time yeah. maybe this made sense. But that's over. Uh, that, to me, his reaction just missed the mark. Like, one, no matter how strongly you feel on it, Tony Larusa, are, are you really going to dog your player publicly? Like, is it ever a good look as a leader to air out the team's beef in the streets like that? Like, it, even if he was in the right, like, he's putting it out there. We talked to him. We're going to, as if he had done some just heinous crime, the way Tony LaRusso is talking. All he did was walk up there and hit a home run. Let's be very clear. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't do anything unsportsmanlike. I, I don't know. I, I've never liked the unwritten. Baseball always felt like it was working against itself. Like you said, if someone wants to hit a, a, a first of all, it's pretty hard to hit a 47 mile power fastball out the park. Like, let's focus on that. Right. And you know get it out I mean? the park. Like, that is because that's all you. You're doing all of the work if you hit that out. That ball, that speed, the pitcher is throwing, it ain't doing nothing. Yeah. You know, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of players have come out in support of your Mercedes. And I think that the tone is changing. I, I read an interesting take on it. We're saying, look, hey, 
baseball is an international support. And the way they play it in Dominican Republic, the way they play it in Korea, the way they play it in a lot of places, bat flipping's a thing. 3-0 pitches get hit if they're over the plate. And this whole unwritten rule thing is kind of like a certain segment of the baseball culture, which ultimately isn't the segment that's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think it's got to go. When I read that, I was like, I mean, I immediately texted you like, this is some bullshit. Like, I think my man, the dude uh, is like making close to the league minimum too. So he's like, yo, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get numbers. Like I, I want to yeah. get paid, man. And yeah. we're speaking like he went hard spikes up in the second base, like, you know, destroyed a guy's leg. He's going to be out. It's like, yeah, the man swung at a pitch and hit a home run. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you want to admonish <sighs> him a little bit, that's definitely some dude is back in the clubhouse type of situation. But yeah, uh, Long story, thumbs down to Tony La Russa. Like, yeah. uh, he's got his own problems. Dude didn't know the extra inning rules and improperly no. put a pitcher no. on second base to run. We didn't have to. So I'm like, all right, no no one's perfect here. Your players didn't blow yeah. you up for not knowing, you know, the no. rules of the game. So how about yeah. we take a step back from uh, feeling all righteous about a man swinging at a pitch? I'm, I'm, a, I'm 100% with you. Keeping it in the world of sports, some controversy coming out of Florida. Could be controversy. Could be a, a great thing, depending on who you are. I mean, you say that Can, about Florida. You never yeah, know just, what your next sentence is about to be. <laughs> it's pretty much just like, if it's about Florida, it's going to be true. It's either great or God. It's never going to be neutral. Um, Tim Tebow, Heisman Trophy at University of Florida winner, Tim Tebow, former NFL quarterback. I believe he played for four, three or four teams and former minor league baseball player, Tim Tebow is signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars for his old football coach, Urban Meyer at the University of Florida. And he's going to convert to tight end. Now, Tim is 32 years old. He's certainly uh, in fantastic shape from what everybody's saying. To my knowledge, he's never played tight end at any level above at least high school. Um, but, you know, quarterbacks flip to catch ball catching positions all the time. I've seen takes on this, Jeremy, mm-hmm. ranging from this is the dumbest thing ever to, hey, he's going to be a leadership voice in the clubhouse and this is a smart move. And I'm sure they're going to sell a heck of a lot of jerseys. Where do you land on, on, on this? Let's, let's start from a football perspective. Do you see any football value in this move? Uh, I think there can be little to none football value predicted <laughs> yeah. out of this. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of when these quarterbacks convert typically to wide out, occasionally tight end, uh, you're doing this within your first, usually two to three years of leaving yeah. college and you can really yeah. adapt and learn a new position. Heck this guy, I believe he tried to play baseball for three to four years. Uh, that yeah. didn't exactly work out. Uh, um, I guess he had a bigger gap on baseball. He hadn't played in high school. So, I mean, I agree. The guy's an athletic dude. Um, certainly very rah-rah and he did well for urban, but yeah, I think this is, this guy went to school in Florida uh, his former coach is coaching. We're going to yep. sell an un- obscene amount of jerseys, and then we're going to cut him when we need to make a 53-man roster. Like, okay, so, so you're, you're, you're predicting he doesn't make the 53, um, but we'll sell a bunch of jerseys in the meantime. Now, okay, devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he was a high school baseball player and legitimately made it to AAA, which is the, mm, the league. Legitimate? Let's let's talk oh, about the oh, word of legitimate here because he, he started he in double A. That in he a legitimately place where, made it to double A. He legitimately made it to double A. I would say he was legitimate double A player. That's pretty impressive. Like, if his it, name was uh, <laughs> you know Tyrone Jones and not Tim Tebow. Would he have made it to double A with doing the same thing? I would say it's I, I, looking at his stats. He was a replacement level triple A player. So you can't. He was not uh, in there. Uh, 
Yeah, he was. I think if you look at it, he he was. They, they were trying to squint and get him into the majors, but they <laughs> couldn't quite do that. But okay, he picked it up off the shelf as a high school baseball player, and so I would say that he is a special athlete. That being said, can he block? Can he play special teams? Can he do all these things that he needs to do as a backup or third string tight end? No, I don't think so. And I'm on the page of like, if this guy could play NFL tight end, some other team would have signed him to play NFL tight end seven years ago. Like, there's no real chance this works out. But I might have a prediction that they keep him on the practice squad mm-hmm. or the if, if he. I'm not sure his eligibility. I think if after five years he might be able to. Or I somehow think they might want to keep him. Or maybe he'll become a wide receiver, a quarterback coach, or wide receivers coach. Like I feel like he stays in the organization um, in some capacity because I think they're going to get so much buzz. Like he's going to be the number one jersey sales probably in the NFL. I would guess in the preseason. I mean he's got mm-hmm. that kind of fan base. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I see I. My prediction is, no, he's not going to play a snap of NFL regular season football, but somehow he's associated, and it's a great business decision by by the Jaguars. Yeah, I get it. Keep him around. Why not? It's a name. People around there love him. Uh, You know. He's got a he's a brand. Uh, have yeah. to think about it. So I agree with you. Try to get whatever value you can, and you know, prove us wrong. One thing about football, mostly, is you get to sell it on the field. You're gonna practice, and uh, if that man can, you know, block and catch a catch a couple passes going up the seam there, then uh, yeah, good good for you, Tim. <laughs> I mean, you're right about that. Like, it, it, the proof is in the pudding. If he can play, he'll make the team. Like you said, I mean, shoot, if he's borderline, he's making the team. Like, if he's yeah. in the conversation, he's making yeah, the team. Like, if, if this is hard knocks and it's cut day, and it's like, well, yeah. you and Tim Tebow, we have rated exactly the same. Yeah. So, the, you know, we're going to take Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got a good amount of buffer. I mean, you, yeah. I, I still don't think you can make that ground up. I'm with you. I just, I just don't. Like you said, the guys that have done this, they converted when they were 22 or 20. You know, and yeah, there are examples, but they're just not examples of this. But if he does it, and we're all wrong, if he does it, it will be the, it'll be a movie. I will, and I, you know what? I'm 100% here for it. I'm not like a huge Tebow fan by any means like that, but I'm here for it just for the chaos of the, because it will break so many people's, like he's someone, he's polarizing. Mm-hmm. And I just like the idea of him doing something insane, like making the team and scoring a touchdown this year and being decent. Like, I know it's not going to happen, but like, I'm pulling for him. I have to admit to you, I am pulling for Team Tebow. Oh, here. Well, I'll, I'll leave you to go write the script on the Netflix Tim Tebow uh, <laughs> biopic. Incoming. Oh, they probably filming it. They're probably filming it from the start. You know what I mean? They're probably already on there. It's, it's a win-win-win for for Netflix. If it's heartbreaking, it's a win. You know, they're uh, well, no, they 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 know how to butter their bread o- o- over over at Netflix. But speaking of made for TV, I got one for you. Okay. That my wife and I did this last weekend. It was the most European thing ever. So we went to the Eurovision Song Contest finals. And if you're if you're in America, you probably have not heard of Eurovision. There's a Will Ferrell movie on it. What I'll say is 200 million people watched this live in Europe when this happened. It's like a American Idol type song contest where every country has an entrant of an original song and it's sort of equal parts American Idol and like kitschy craziness but you got to throw in like a ton of europe in there like it it's not gonna resonate for your american ears by any means um and we go to it and we're we're in the car and we're like is this gonna be cool And we're both like you know probably not you know it's probably gonna be kind of kitschy but i will say this it was dope (laughs) wait so where where is your vision held 
it's held in the country of the preceding Eurovision's winner. So <gasps> Netherlands won it in 2019, 2020 they didn't have one. So if you win it, you host it. Okay. That's how it works. Okay, yeah. so we're incentivized. You know, if we 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 run this thing back to back, we can <laughs> oh, yeah. check oh, yeah. it out here. Oh yeah, exactly. So this year. Italy won. I know you don't care, but Italy won. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, what's cool. What's interesting is like, look, I'm not saying to watch it, but I'm saying is that if you watch it in Europe, it is actually pretty dope because the degree to which people start caring about it, it's like anything else. If you just start caring about something to an nth degree, it just gets fun because people get dug in. They're like, I would never, my, my wife is like, I would never vote for France. It was terrible. I was like, I feel you. No, we're not going to, you know, I'm 100% on your side here. But she's like, you know, if anyone's down for France, we got problems. I'm like, yeah, 100% we got problems. Like, we got dug in on Axe and we're texting our friends like, I can't believe people like France. I can't, boy, we're all about the Ukraine or whatever. So <laughs> it, it, it's just that people get so into it. Like, you can't approximate the experience for me. And over, imagine if American Idol was watched by Super Bowl level audiences and it's live voting. That's what happened out here. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, Jeremy, but uh, it, was, it, yeah. it was cool. It's insane. From what I've seen about it before, I think as an American, this is great for catching like TikTok or Instagram clips. Like give me the 30 second or a minute and a half uh, video of the crazy performances that go on. Because from what I've seen, like it's not only just American Idol, but like the insanity level of the performance is really ratcheted up. So, yeah. Am I off on that? Is that just like a one-off? Because it seemed like not no. only is this American Idol, but like cray-cray American Idol. It's, that's the thing. It's, it's really less about, like American Idol, I'll describe it as a singer contest. Find the best singer. Mm -hmm. This is both song and act. And so like there was a dude from Norway that comes out with massive angel wings and he's chained to four other angels just like as a for example yeah. you know they're like it is people are coming out doing the wackiest and it ranges from taking yourself real seriously to like you're a hundred percent trolling here like it, it's it has the full like the french woman was like a celine dion type situation like no set nothing just like singing and iceland came out there and like matching sweaters and did cheesy dances like it is it actually is and so then the voting is kind of like there's like three categories of votes there's like the people take it seriously there's the people voting for pure embarrassment and then there's the, like the kind of middle poppy ground but get this flow rider was in it representing like san marino with some singer or whatever it was like yes flow rider flow Bro, Rida. i have not heard uh florida uh, as an artist in quite a while, it is welcome to my house. I'm like, what? Are, what is the flow ride? It's a, like I remember he had that like a his, couple yeah, jams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had his moment, and now he's in, like in Eurovision, and and it, I like we saw that we're like. Oh man, my how the mighty have fallen, Florida. Like, come on, Flo, come on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, a phrase from another podcast. Keep getting them checks. You know, do do yeah. it. You got to do, man. Yeah, he's a, that must have been it. But yeah, no, the visual spectacle, I would say, was amazing. Being there in person was dope. I'm not just saying that because, like, we went with a great time my wife. I'm saying that if you ever get a chance to go, it is dope. Not because the songs are great, but just because it's the best, craziest version of the thing that it is. And you know what I'm talking about? You're like, when you go to something, you're like, I might not be down with this, 
but this is the best version of this in the world, and so that makes it cool. It's that. It's that. Right. It, it's it's dope. So so I guess quick before we transition. So I, I I have obviously never been to Eurovision. I've also not Oktoberfest, which uh, if I got to choose, I assume Oktoberfest. I guess multiple days, and you know you're drinking. But what's the what's like the European thing? I should make sure I check off. You know Oktoberfest. It 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 will be in your face for sure, and it. I, I would say Oktoberfest will remind you of like a sustained version of something you've seen, but it is the finest of what it does. It goes hard. So I, I would probably edge towards Oktoberfest, but that being said, if you're down to like put a tux on and like get flashy and like, get, you know, get into, Wait, you, you got to like say, fully dress up for this? I wore a t- you don't have to, but you know, when in Rome, man, we, we also wore a beautiful dress. I wore a tuxedo, man. We're, you know, I'm try- we're trying to look fly, you know. Okay. We're trying to look, I, didn't, I didn't know we were best. going to like uh, the Met over here. <laughs> oh yeah, we, you know, we were we were bringing the noise, but I, I, I would say, yeah, I would say you know the Monaco GP was uh, this weekend as well, and that's one I've never been, but I've heard that's like a quintessential European experience as well. So between you know. Oktoberfest, Monaco GP weekend with all the fancy stuff and the yachts or, or Eurovision. But I would say this, get down on one of them. It will be, you'd think, because I was always like, ah, it's too European. But when you're in it, you're like, it's like you said in that bar, you walk in, you're like, your mind goes, you know what? We'll just be European for the night. You know, <laughs> you know what? We're going to go crazy for Iceland's cheesy song, you know, and like, we're going to pick sides and we're going to get in beefs of people that like certain songs that we don't like. And we're going to, dude, you have to pay money to vote. You have to pay 50 cents per text message to vote. We paid money to vote. We were that into it. We're like, all right. You know, like, <laughs> like do, you, do you have to give yourself a voting budget? You're like, all right, babe, we can't. 20 bucks. If, if, we're, if we're putting more than 20 bucks in the Eurovision voting, we might have a problem. <laughs> oh, don't, don't worry. They cap it. They cap it for oh, you. Naturally. Probably for this reason. Yeah, they you can't, you can't let you. the whales uh, take it away, right? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 cap it. they cap it. They cap it for you. Uh, I think you can only get uh, 20 votes at 50 cents a piece. So you can only spend 10, 10 euros okay. uh, if, if you want. So yeah, we, we were both like, ah, you know, I was like, should we vote? I'm like, this feels like we're just burning money. But I was like, but let's do it. Yeah, you know, we're invested. For sure. We're invested. We, we want our voice to be heard. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that was, uh, that was uh, an experience. You know, check the shows. An experience to say the least, but, um, you know, speaking of Europe, one of those transitional into politics, um, I think it would be our screw up of the week with, um, the Belarusian president, Yushchenko faking a bomb threat on an aircraft flying over the country, heading to Lithuania, um, scrambled an F-16 fighter and made the plane land and then dragged out a dissident journalist. And then they went through like a seven-hour bomb check, which was a complete charade because they called the bomb threat into the plane to fake to that it would come down. Mm-hmm. And now, European, no planes, American European planes are not flying over Belarus, and Europe's locked out all Belarusian uh, aircraft from their airports. So Belarus is now kind of an island. You have to fly to Moscow to fly out. So for me, like you mm-hmm. just spent a, you just did a lot of damage to your country to pull one 24-year-old blogger uh out the sky so i I don't know if this has hit the u.s like it's hit out here but it's a big deal out here and it definitely seems like a big screw up yeah so i've definitely seen the headline any of the high level i I guess maybe what i know so is this like a um is belarus like a dictatorship or something like how how does it get down yes well they had an election uh last year uh 
the election results were contested by international watchdogs and the the dictator president just declared himself victorious when they started having protests they put martial law in and made everybody go home so yes it's a dictatorship he's been in power for over 25 years i think uh, 27 years or 35 years but over 25 years so yeah he's a dictator um and he he historically has played kind of in between EU and Russia playing both sides for benefits like playing to Russia to get cheap oil and gas and playing to play you know playing to EU to get trade agreements um, but he is just what I would say is overplayed his hand tremendously because that plane was from an EU state to an EU nation state to another EU nation state flying over their country and they pulled it down with an F16 they flew it up there and that to me is you've now crossed a line that I, I don't know if planes are going to, there are still areas of the Ukraine that planes don't fly over because of what happened with the, the, yeah. the missile. Like I, if, like what if Belarusian planes can't fly to Europe anymore? So you have to fly East to go West to get out of there. Now you're completely isolated. Like, I, I don't know. I think it was a m massive screw up. We'll see how it plays out. It could lead to an erosion of his power in the country. Yeah. That's uh that is quite the power move. Like I said, this is uh. Yeah, interesting dynamics that happen over there. You know, we're just like, hey, you know, a plane was flying over Kansas. They, yeah. they had some F-16s come up to make it land because, you know, some journalist that's 24 didn't like yeah. the changes to uh, children's education. They're they're pulling through the, the House of Representatives yeah. right now. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Can't, you know, no yeah. way. <laughs> no, and then they what they do over there is they immediately post a confession video, which is like, you know, the guy's like, I'm in, I'm safe and I'm, you know, contrite for my, you know, starting uh, riots and I'm completely terrible, you know, and, and they confess to crimes like 24 hours later. And you're like, look, um, I don't know if this is convincing you, but like <laughs> that, that that's not how adults work. Like you pull this guy out the sky under threat and then he shows up, looked starved out like. Yeah, he's going to say whatever you tell him to say. Like, that's, this is, they're like, oh, well, well, of course, we're approving. Now he's going to go to jail. He's confessed. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. So to me, like, it's, uh, I, I, you never know with these countries that you can turn up the sanctions to a certain degree. Ultimately, uh, I think is where the risk runs is that, you know, Biden's going to have his first summit with Putin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Belarus is like 9 million people. Like, Russia doesn't really get, like, yes, they have this whole NATO strategy, against NATO strategy and all this stuff. But, like, does Putin really care that much about Belarus? Ultimately, probably not. And if this guy's proven himself to be a liability, um, if Russia sets sail for him, now you're like in, yes, you, you will lose power. Because the oligarchs there and, the you know, whoever owns the airlines there that now can't make any money whatsoever, mm -hmm. presumably are pretty upset this week. Because <laughs> yeah. they had direct flights to 20 European capitals that no longer can fly. Uh, and so... That's like, are y'all subsidizing us? Because at some point... Uh we're business and we got to make money, dog. And I can't yeah. route everything through Russia. Not happening. No, no. So I, I, I don't know. It's sort of. Have you ever been around? You know, like the the highest levels of, you know, at a big company, the the highest levels, and they're 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 so insulated that like they don't really talk to anyone that's not in the inner circle. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it's just an observation. Like they're very insulated, mm -hmm. and if that inner circle is 
diverse and speaks up and says the right things, then good decisions for a company tend to get made. And if that inner circle is same thinking, then you get Steve Ballmer saying the iPhone is a joke and Amazon's a joke of a company because he said that internally and everybody laughed. So he's like, oh, it plays. Let me go tell you know TechCrunch that. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Like that's, you're an idiot. Right. Um, and so have you ever been around? Cause I think that's what's going on here. Or it's like, we should pull that play on this guy. And everyone's like, yeah, disco. Let's do it. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, I've probably been to, around some level of exposure that in companies and right. That's why you need some, some other folks in the room. Someone who will tell you, nah, that is, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. You know, don't do this. But uh, yeah, nothing I think is close to as drastic as decisions of, Hey, uh, this, this, this guy, let's go get him. Act proactively, right. doing a thing that no one ever does. That could easily yeah. have repercussions. Now, nah, yeah. Belarus, yeah. y'all on some, uh, y'all on some different things. So yeah. we'll see. if We got to update to this, or if it's Screw just up. another yeah. one of those, which is like, so this yeah. happened, and um, the world forgot about it and moved on. <laughs> yeah, and now no one goes to Belarus anymore, and the planes can't fly, <laughs> and that's that's why. Yeah, we'll see. Screw up of the week noted. Um, I wanted to talk tech mm-hmm. with you for a bit, Jeremy, and let's talk crypto. And let's talk about the crazy cryptocurrency fluctuations and price drops that have been happening over the past about month, six weeks. It's been a pretty sustained situation. Man, the past week itself has been bonkers. So where are we at? What's going on? So I I actually don't know what it is today. It's a this is one of those, you know, crypto. I don't know if correction is the right word, but crypto over you know the last six months has been on quite a rise. If you go look back at what uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin were then, I think they're, you know, like 10,000 percent up 10x like these are there or 5x, but they're like crazily high up. So, you know, things don't continue to go up forever. And, uh, you know, the hard dip we had China seeming like they're very proactively trying to stop or cease crypto yes, mining yes, and it is yes a significant portion of all crypto mining yeah, happens in yeah, um in yeah. china so i think there's the immediate repercussion for that elon tweets out about how bitcoin uh isn't environmentally friendly we don't want to it costs too much to pollute uh that starts tanking uh bitcoin and other crypto so it's very volatile to to news right it's just like oh here's yeah. the news waking up and you're like this bitcoin or ethereum's down 30 percent today and if you're new to investing or especially crypto space, like that feels insane, you know, really check your, your stomach and your wherewithal staying in the space. Cause you just wake up and like, all right, I had 10 K in the bank or whatever you might have. You're like, and Oh, it's been an hour. That's now 6,500. What, what happened? Yeah. What has happened? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, not, not that much news. Uh, but then, you know, I think the, the test, if you believe in crypto long-term, you're like, where are you buying this dip? Are you continuing yeah. to buy it down? <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, yeah. you know, that's part of the crypto roller coaster. You have to be ready to ride. So I think there'll be more regulation, right? The U.S. has announced that they want to have reporting on transactions above 10K, just like any other regular equity exchange or exchange of money. So I yeah. think long and short, we're seeing more and more governments will f- force cryptocurrencies to get in line with traditional policy, monetary policies yeah. and, and reporting. Um, it can still do its thing, but this wild, wild west, and we can see just in the last five years, the wild, wild west is increasingly going away with uh, cryptocurrency. But yeah, for me, it's just, are you long-term? If not, then uh, you had a very poor week. You probably sold out, and then you missed out on the two days later. 30% rise in the cryptocurrencies right. after they went down. So it's a real roller coaster, man. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? 
It's a tough one for me because I've, you know, I'm an economist and I've been studying crypto since the price was two, you know, and, and I didn't buy, by the way. Uh, uh, there was a point when I went to 27, went back to two, and I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't buy. Uh, and it's always sort of perplexed me because it, it doesn't have a lot of properties of typical currencies. When you learn about money, you learn of it as a store of value, uh, medium of exchange, and a unit of account. And it's not a great store of value because it fluctuates a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not a great medium of exchange because um, it's not accepted in most places. And, you know, there's, a, you know, a, a, a clearing the transactions has issues and stuff like that. So it's not a great medium of exchange. And it's not a great unit of account because uh, uh, it's not indexed to economic production, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have any of the properties you would think that a currency traditionally does have. One property it does have, to your point, traditionally it had the fact that it was not centrally governed. And that one fact was such an appealing feature that people jumped on board, but I've never seen the fundamental value there. It's, it's to me, it's, it's always struck me as um, yes, anything can have value. We value it. It's, it's valued because other people value it. And that's the nature of valuation. Anything that can become value, which is, we've talked about beanie babies and collectibles, anything can become value despite having no intrinsic value. So I would never bet against it. Surely that can happen, but governments have a lot of control over this. And when they lean in and get their, their hands in the game, I've just always thought it's not going to be as big a thing as people thought. That's been my take. And if you look at the total float, which is the float is the, just add up the value of all the outstanding assets. It's still a relative, Bitcoin is still a relatively small currency. Like it would rank below like 70th, I think, or 80th in, in the world. And so it's a, it's not a big currency. So it's, um, it, it, to me, it gets interesting if it gets up in that, you know, top 20. So to me, it's, it's still, it, it's still a pretty low float and it's lost 50% of value in six months the last three months, but to your point, it could gain 50% of value in the next three months. I would, I would, it, no idea. <laughs> Anything that can move 50% in two weeks tells you that it's clearly driven by trading behavior that we don't fully understand, mm-hmm. right? And, and anyone that says they understand it would, would be, would be at least the history would say they've been wrong because they haven't been able to predict anything. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm a skeptic on its true value for the world. Um, and, and thus I'm not very interested in investing personally, but as a speculative asset, like, do I think it's any more blessed than I'd, I'd rather invest in it than play roulette, frankly, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're just going to gamble, why not? It seems like a pretty good way to gamble. You can do with low transaction cost. The house isn't always winning and you, right. you can, you can go take bets. And, and so I, I, I don't know I'm sort of on the fence. Yeah. So I, I think this is a, will be a constant in our conversation, right? It's, it's, always hot more interest there trying more things people talking about DeFi. how do we make it from just speculation to actual value uh i think again long term there are use cases here as americans and people with credit cards uh, some of the potential uses i think aren't as clear obvious because we don't feel a lot of the pain that others uh, yep. feel and i think yep. that's probably a great space for transacting if you don't just live in america and you got a million credit cards you can buy what you want with us dollars anytime you want um but i'm definitely here for the ride you know i got a little a little crypto exposure myself yeah. so i've definitely w- woke up on some of them days like oof. Oh, I'm, I'm a little less uh, wealthy on paper than I was yeah. 30 minutes ago. You know, it it, it I, look one. I'm with you on there are places where it's hard to transact, and two, I would clarify my remarks as well by saying the blockchain technology that allows for decentralized ledgers that are cryptologically secure that is 
an amazing step forward in technology. And that will affect everything we do. And if that existed when we invented money, we would have never had central banks, I don't think, and, and, and the central banking system. So that is innovative and revolutionary. Now, would, but our non-government supported currencies are going to be a big thing. Right now, all the cryptos are non-government. So mm-hmm. our non-government supported currencies, separating out the crypto part from the government part, are they going to be a big thing? The, the history of economic thought would say, ultimately, your currency is backed by the productive capacity of, uh, of the main area which that currency is spent. Mm. Uh, the dollar is valuable not because of, we all believe the dollar, but ultimately because of a lot of Americans produce valuable goods and services. So I, you know, but, it, but Costa Rica could be dollarized, right? So, you, it, you know, it could be a, non, a non-government, to your point, a non-government currency could become the default in a country and then would have the backing of the economic power of that country. So it absolutely could happen. I'm not betting against it per se. I just think what government would let that happen because government make a decent amount of money off what's called seniorage, which is the when there's a little bit of inflation, the government's making that tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also issue like the commemorative quarters. Remember those commemorative quarters? The government made, mm-hmm. I think like 30 billion off that because every time someone got a quarter that the government made for two cents and put it in one of those books we had as kids, <laughs> they made 23 cents because they made the quarter for two cents, sold it for 25 and put it in the book. Yeah. And so governments make a decent amount of money every year on their sort of monopoly power producing currency. I just don't think governments will give that up. So I, I would just say, if you have the guns and the tanks and the airplanes, you're going to want that <laughs> seniorage off the money, and therefore it never get that big. So I'm always going to bet on guns, tanks, and airplanes. Sad to say, so okay. I'm, I'm long run, I'm long run salty on it. But that's a a convoluted way uh, of getting of getting there to, to to what you asked me. And I think let's see, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to give you lightning round, Jeremy, yeah. on our way out. Let's all right, get it. So let's let's do let's do lightning round. And you I, you might have seen it, but I don't think you've gone through all of these. So just give me your reaction. Phil Mickelson Mm -hmm. wins the PGA championship, one of the major golf tournaments at the age of 50. You impressed with that? I mean, yeah, for sure. And we, we have to drop the line that's said on every podcast about this. Uh, the old guys still got it. Uh, it's gotta be the old, <laughs> yeah. the old guys still got yeah, it. The, the, the podcast and radio show uh, quote a week on Phil. I mean, yo, you're 50, 51. You're still winning things professionally at the highest level. Like you got to give props Amazing. to that. It's been a Amazing. while since he's been up this high. And better yet, he's fighting off you know big dudes. Like you held off Kepka. Yeah, Kepka had a oh, yeah. knee situation, but it's not like hey, no one else of note was playing. So. Big accomplishment, Phil. Ratings were absolutely bonkers because, yeah. you know, the, Phil and Tiger are on their own space. No matter how famous, Rory yeah. McIlroy, Brooks Kapka, no. some other, Dyson DeChambeau, Bryson no. DeChambeau. Like, yeah, you guys are famous, but you're not 30 years in the game or 25 years no. in the game no, famous no, no, like no. Phil. So it's one of those that people always want to go for their favorites. We'll see what he does at Torrey Pines. I've heard that's his home course a million billion times at this point. So uh, let's see what you're doing, Phil. Let's keep it moving. All right. Well, uh, I'm 100% with you there. About half of congressional Republicans have reported not taking the COVID vaccine. Jeremy, what's your reaction to that? I mean, that might be less, that is far less surprising than Phil winning anything ever again in his life. Uh, I think we (laughs) could have bet on this uh, well before yeah. uh, that this would be the yeah. outcome and then people go do what they go do you know here almost all like uh democrats are vaccinated at this point so hey you protect hey, you and say you guys go do whatever you want over there now uh we go live life uh yeah let's uh, let's be on to yeah. the next one y'all on that craziness yeah let's roll okay <laughs> let's roll on that 
Uh, ExxonMobil had a big uh, board election yeah. uh, two days ago, and an activist hedge fund got two of their uh, climate change uh, proponents elected to the board of ExxonMobil against the wishes of the chair of the board and CEO mm -hmm. of the company. It's a major shakeup uh, in the leadership of that company. How, what are you thinking about activist boards? How do you react to this? Yeah, so I, I heard a little bit about this, and uh, here the appeal was not just on the, hey, you know, let's save the environment. Is yes, I think many of us educated folks yeah. need to do more, but also making a business case of, hey, we yes. think the, the adoption rate of greener technology, uh, electrified cars if, will accelerate. And on a business level, we need to be better prepared for energy acquisition changing and needing yeah. less dinosaur juice to make yeah. the economy work. So I love coming at it from a business perspective and not just this yep. is better for the world because it's easy to, easier to justify these actions until you know we make people pay for the externalities they cause. Like, hey, you're gonna have to pay for this pollution directly. I bet you we'd be moving over to green <laughs> technologies way sooner than we do now. So I'm interested. I, I don't think anyone thought that they would actually be able to capture these seats. So yeah. here to see what they actually do going forward because you know, hey, the move to get on the board, now you're on the board, when are you gonna when are you gonna start poking the bear, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And to your point, they had BlackRock, they had big hedge funds voting for these members on uh, business grounds uh, alone. So they made a really strong business case for the fact that if they don't get out in front of this, they'll be disrupted and they won't be the mega mammoth uh, in the industry because they'll be too addicted to the old school technology. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Last one for you, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a Friends show reunion on HBO Max, Streaming Wars, hashtag Streaming Wars, <laughs> um, last week. Uh, are you here for it? So... Man, I knew the advertisements came out for I didn't know it actually came out and then I think what so was it wasn't clear to me. Was this just a hey, let's all get together and, and, it's just a, and I think it's a one off, hang? yeah. Or was it an actual episode or just like boy, we were funny back in the day and we made a lot of money? Like Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not even gonna lie. I, I didn't research that dude, but I thought you'd know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right? So I mean I guess I get the appeal, right? Friends, very popular show. It was, you know, still one of the top watch shows back when everything was on Netflix before we had the everything needs their uh own anchor for your show. So I believe yeah. Friends and like you know Big Bang Theory, HBO Max anchor. So it got some publicity. I'm sure it got some wealthy people more wealthy, but will yeah. I be checking for it? No, I will not be checking for the Friends. No. <laughs> no, no, I, I, we will uh, that we will not be watching. I don't know those choppers will be watching, but we will not be not be tuning in. Well, the theme music is starting to play, Jeremy. So we will see see them out. Thanks for spending your lunch break with me, and uh, thanks to everyone out there. We got to remind you, hey, if you like the podcast, remember to share it with your friends. Hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. We're on YouTube. Help us out. Share it out at LWCU Podcast on all the major social channels. Hit us up. And other than that, Jerry, what do you got to say? See you next week? Yeah, see you next week, Chappas. See you next week, Chappas.